Welcome to the Slay the Giant podcast. Hey, Slay family, are you ready to slay your giant, conquer your fears, and pivot into your future? The time is now for you to be all God has created you to be. It will take intentionality, reflection, and movement. Are you ready to do the work to win? My guests and I are ready to speak life and purpose into you. Well, let's get to it, giant players. Family, welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited that I have this amazing team. Um, they are the Lewises, um, Ashley and John Lewis. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Ash. Um, when you reached out, I'm like, of course I'll come on your podcast. Excited to be here. Very excited to be here as well. Um, yeah, thanks again for the invite. Thank you. Um, when I, I've been following you guys on social media, and if you're not following this amazing couple, you need to. Um, I've been following you guys and seeing some of the amazing things you're doing, which we'll get to. Um, but I've known you for a while. Um, you're very, although you're very young, you've been married a while. So can you tell us about, um, first of all, who you are, and then tell us your love story of how you met? Okay, so like you said, my name is Ashley Gowdy Lewis, um, and my husband. I'm John Lewis. And um, we are, well, we met at church camp, church youth camp in the Church of God organization. 2004 officially. Um, although I've, we attended the church camp you know, years before that, I very, I knew about Ashley, um, but we weren't, we didn't officially meet each other on until 2004, right before uh, the summer of her freshman year of college. Yeah. Um, I was also, I was already at University of Florida and she was about to attend University of Florida. Um, it was my sophomore year and I, again, I, I've known about Ashley, never had the courage to uh, introduce myself, but I think at that youth camp, for whatever reason, again, God's timing that I just reached out and we uh, obviously exchanged numbers and developed a friendship that, you know, eventually when she got to campus, it just kind of blossomed into a, um, you know, ro romantic relationship. So that's the cute version. Come <laughs> um. <laughs> on, says keep them 100. <laughs> camp that year um like he said we were both um camp counselors and um or we had kids the same age group um so we were uh, together a lot that week and um he pretended to like not know who i was um but he had basically done his research on me and found out like my name where i was going to school and everything but i didn't know it at the time but we're having casual conversations and he's like oh yeah i'm going to uf too like he didn't know already know that i was going to UF. it was either that or he had a prophetic gift <laughs> now my um obviously actually you know my little sister ramona but yeah her and Ashley were in the same cabin at youth camp, you know, when they were younger. So again, I knew Ashley, I had my redone my research. I had my background set and it was just a matter of us, you know, meeting officially and her, you know, introducing, you know, me introducing myself to her officially. So 
um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Beautiful, beautiful story. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. So, so now, how long have you been married? Almost uh, eleven years. Eleven years. Wow. Um, we've been together for seventeen years. Wow. So, yeah, we, we we grew up together. I think at this point, we're almost to the point where we've known each other almost half of our lives. Um, yeah. So again, um, yeah, it's been been quite a journey. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love your story and how you met. And, um, you know, now that you've gotten to this point of 11 years married and total of 17 years um, together, that's powerful. Um, so what made you, um, so some of the things that I've been following online has been your fire journey. I want to get to that. Um, so you came together. Um, now you also have a son as well. Um, and um, I've been following you online, seeing some of the things that you guys are doing. Um, and I've been hearing a lot about fire, but can you explain your fire journey as well as tell us a little bit about um, the process and, and what your end goal is? Uh, sure. So fire is an acronym that stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. Um, it's a movement. We didn't start it. We kind of obviously joined the bandwagon. I don't recall when it exactly started, but I want to say in the 90s um, that it kind of picked up. And then obviously with the internet, people kind of latched onto it. But ideally what it is, is it's just a way for you to live differently. Um, I think we're all sold the dream of go to college, um, get good grades, get a job out of school, making good money work until you're 65 and retire with your 401k, your pension, and then basically live out the rest of your years as a retired person. Um, what FIRE does is just speeds up the process. So the goal is to you know, either increase your income um, and then invest that the, the difference between your income and your expenses, whether that's in you know different markets, the stock market, the real estate market, maybe uh, an entrepreneurship uh, business as well. But again, the goal is just, again, to make to the point where you have enough passive income to live um, above your expenses and uh, retire early. And um, I'll add to that. It's also more about um, intentional spending, right? So. Um, in that, like looking at what you're spending your money on, you do a lot of mindless spending, which we were doing at the time that um, we learned about fire. And um, so, with also trying to work to increase your expenses, it's, I'm sorry, your income, it's also about decreasing your expenses too. So, like, we actually have one car that we bought. 2015. Yeah, that we've had a long time now. <laughs> yeah, and so we, we bought that car together, um, and then we were in New York for a few years, and then we moved back just before um, the pandemic hit, and we were getting ready to buy another car. We ran into fire, and it was like, oh, actually, don't buy that car. Then the pandemic, and now we actually don't even have 
use for another car right now because we're both working from home. Um, so it is about just being mindful spending, right? Spending your money on what um, is actually important to you, um, what you actually value versus just um, spending because you're doing what people tell you to do. Right. And I do have a question about that. So is it kind of getting down to what you really need versus like things that you desire or you want and or is it like you're looking at every penny that comes out um of your account because i know a lot of folks use like debit cards and we're so quick to just take out our debit card versus really thinking about okay is this within my budget so is it a, is it a combination of budgeting um or is it just the knowing of you know, I don't need this right now. Um, I need to just focus on what I actually need in this moment. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's a combination of both. Um, there are people who do fire and are really, really stringent where they're down to the penny. Um, I think the first thing we did was did an assessment of our budget, like how much money we bring in, how much money was going out. Um, that was kind of the first step. Um, and again, we're—I don't think we're the—we're the people who are like down to the penny, like, you know, don't spend your money on this piece of bubble gum, right? Um, it's more about just, in, in, like Ashley said, intentional spending. So we did a lot of, again, in that first assessment of our budget, we were like, okay, this is the amount of money we're bringing in. This is our expenses. Here, where we can cut, where it doesn't really make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense to have for us you know, 15 subscriptions uh, to, TV to TV subscriptions when, or, or even, even the, the largest cable package, right? Um, some of those things like that, that, you know, don't, you know, slowly, slowly those things add up over a year's time. And really you can see again, how, you know, that money could be used elsewhere. And that may, that money could be used to make more money. That money can be used to make more money. So, it's again, it's just being intentional for us. Um, second, um, I would say that, particularly with the car example, um, we're all sold the dream. You need, you know, two car family, your picket fence house, um, you know, you know, and, and the thing is, is, I don't, if you absolutely need a car, two cars, I get it. Um, for us, again, we are able to work remote uh, and it just doesn't make sense. The car's paid off. And that's, you know, again, I was literally about to spend, you know, $60,000 on a brand new car. And that 60000 over the five years that it's financed, you know, that definitely using that money elsewhere could, you know, again, speed up your retirement um, and being able to invest in other assets, true assets. Um, so that's kind of it. That's good. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I think a lot of folks are probably like one car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents. I again, they were like, "Are you guys okay?" Like, like I don't do y'all need help? <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, you know, yeah, my dad is always trying to find us another car. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's like, you know, her dad is like, you know, your man should have a truck, and you know, trying to find us a truck, and it's like, listen, I, I get it, but again, it's just the and to twofold, I think, again, um, we're both people, products of corporate America. Um, we're both black. We were black yuppies, right? I think eventually for me, um, coming from just New York City, it just really 
burned me out to the corporate culture. Um, I don't personally think it's made for people that look like us. Um, it definitely burns you out having to basically code switch constantly. Um, and, and rising the corporate ladder, it is a difficult climb. And then it, and it makes you again, um, think about what's, you know, what's life about, right? What is true white life truly about? Um, and obviously that goes even biblically, um, just some of the principles, um, not trying to think, link fire to spiritual, but it does have some of the, again, the spiritual stewardship. stewardship of your, your funds, um, and again, that again for us, corporate America was just really, you know, to a certain extent, burning. Particularly me out. Um, I'm a finance guy, and finance in New York City, it wears on you. Um, and again, we came back to Jacksonville, just obviously trying to be closer to family. And, and in that case, we discovered fire, and really just a different way of living. Yeah. Um... I'll actually tell you. So um, fire, I truly believe, was brought to us by God because like just before, so we discovered or started reading um, financial, um, Playing With Fire was the name of the book, um, January 2020 on the way to um, a family member of mine's funeral. Just before that, that fall, like we were looking at our finances and like, it was really a situation of like, something has to change, you know? Um, and then fire, reading that book, fire set off us getting our finances in order. And that set off us reading house hacking, right? And that set off us actually getting into real estate and investing even more. But none of that could have happened if we were still spending, while we were in New York, we were spending like $2,000 a month on food, you know? Doing New York is expensive. Yeah. Right. I'm in Connecticut. I'm I'm at the sisters' uh, location in Connecticut, <laughs> and it's it's expensive up in here. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. But again, we were. It was literally we were just in New York City. Just we were making a lot of money, but we were spending a lot of money. And again, there were there are ways. If you're in a high cost city, you know I'm sure your podcast listeners are all around the country, all around the world. If you're in a high cost city, I get it. But there are also ways you can cut down. Like we discovered Trader Joe's when we were in New York City, um, where again, we were on a, okay, we have our son now, we need to budget. Daycare at the time it was, was- It still wasn't as tight as it was. Yeah, it's definitely not as tight. Fire. But, um, you know, again- uh, I don't wanna go on too much. Oh yeah, sure, but, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But basically like, Fire just really helps you to look at what you actually value. And we decided that what we valued most was family and spending time with each other, right? So that's where if we're going to spend, we're going to spend it on each other, on vacations and different things like that, not eating out mindlessly for every meal um, and different things like we were doing before. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure some of us are now like, let's get to our budget. And let's hone in on like exactly what we need and, and looking at those things. But that's you guys have shared some important nuggets. Um, so what advice would you give a couple or a family who's considering um joining this movement? Um actually let me backtrack a minute. So you did say you learned how to house hack. 
Can you explain what that means? I want to go back there first, and then we'll come back to the other question. Perfect. So, yeah, Ashley touched, touched it a little bit. But basically, when we looked at our budget, we noticed, and I think this is very common amongst most people, the largest expense in your budget is your housing expense. Um, so that includes whether that's rent, mortgage, you could throw the cable in there, throw the electricity in there. That all encompass, encompasses your housing expense. Again, we started the fire movement. We were like, hmm, is there a way to either reduce or eliminate our housing expense? That led us to something again called house hacking, which is basically either buying a two to four unit property. Um, and again, it's a twofold. I call it government cheese. The government literally gives you the ability to buy an investment property with a residential loan, right? Um, and again, so you can buy that two to four unit property, so that duplex, triplex, quadplex, live in one unit, then have your tenants um, pay your mortgage, essentially. Um, the goal, again, is to reduce the housing expense. And, and to be honest, we've been successful in literally eliminating it and some more. So at this point, um, we bought a duplex in 2021. And at this point, we're literally getting paid to live here. Um, and what you can do after a year is, particularly with the kind of loan we got, which is an FHA loan, it's very standard for most home buyers. You can live in it for a year, refinance to a conventional loan, and then do that same strategy again every year. I mean, if you really wanted to be really, you know, uh, you know, super active on the strategy. Um, and again, when you'll be surprised how that house, eliminating that housing expense, how much money you'll see accumulating in your account. And again, it's being paid by, you know, your tenants, um, or in this case, we do short-term rentals, so our guests, right? Uh, but again, it's just a good strategy. Again, as you're looking at your budget, you're going to be like, oh, my housing expense is a large expense. How can we figure out a way to um, do that? So again, I know you're in Connecticut, so Connecticut has basements, right? Um it could be a case where you rent out your basement, right? Or it could be a case where you buy the, again, the duplex, triplex, quadplex, and really just, again, eliminate your housing expense and use that money to either pay off debt or invest in, again, the stock market, invest in real estate, and to get, again, decrease your expenses and you increase your income. And, you know, ultimately you can, again, you'll see that, you know, that difference add up and again, you're getting closer to what we call the fire goal, which is basically when you can officially look, be looked at financially free, right? Um, and that's a number for certain people. And again, that's again how the fire led to the real estate and us investigating real estate and real estate led to us house hacking and then eventually investing in other investment properties. Okay, that's great. So. <clears throat> I think the FHA is like if you're going to own your home for the first time, right? Isn't that like a, or you, anyone can get that kind of loan? Yeah, anyone can get that. It's not just strictly for first time home buyers. It's just literally okay. FHA stands for Federal Housing Authority, which is it's just the government, right? Um, and they literally, and they want to incentivize people to buy homes, right? So they basically subsidize the banks. 
um, costs for the mortgage with this FHA program. And again, I think it's a cheat code because they literally just say, hey, you can buy the same residential loan that you would buy, you know, for a single family house. You can do that with a two to four unit property. Anything after four units is considered commercial commercial property, but two to four units. Just imagine again, if you bought a quadplex, which is I think the holy grail, you rented out those three units, you're gonna just be rolling in money and- And you can't forget the small down payment. Yeah, small down payment. So you yeah. can do a down payment depending on your credit. If it's above, I think 580, it's three and a half percent, anything below 580, which is not high, right? Um, no, no, no. Anything below 580 is 5% down. I think it goes down uh, into a, a certain threshold, but again, it's very widely known in as a invest uh, or a residential loan product. Um, and it's again, it's just a great way to get started on your investment property um, journey. Because um, again, you can live in it a year, and then do it again. Right, and so where where it starts to really make financial sense, right, is. Um, if we were, say, the traditional buyer with 20%, right, we get one property with 20% down, right? With an FHA loan, we can put down 3.5%, acquire a multifamily, come back another year, right, buy another multifamily, and then another year, and probably still have put down less than the 20% that most people put on that one property. Right. And velocity of money is thin, and... If you do that again over time, you'll see again that, you know, putting that money into other assets or you'll start to see, oh, because again, when you move out of that, you have now you have two units cash flow, right? And again, continues to do that over the years and years and years, you'll, you'll start a little pile up a small portfolio, right? That can pay you essentially enough passive income. And I say passive because it's never passive real estate, but somewhat less, less active income um over time and you can notice again you can retire pretty early depending on you know where you live your location and cost of living. thank you for listening to slay the giant podcast thank you for being a part of what god is doing and if you would like to leave a review please do so on apple podcast also please email us at playthegiantpodcast at gmail.com. Look forward to talking with you again. See ya.